Hello, wonderful people. Uh, today is July 25, 2022. I hope you're enjoying a wonderful summer and you've, you're on the beach right now with your toes in the sand and you've got your mobile in your hand and you're watching this webinar because it's the only thing that can go better with your summertime is learning how not to defend a wage reconstruction case in New Jersey. So, hi, this is Greg Lois. Uh, we're gonna have some fun today. Uh, again, I hope your summer's going great. Uh, today I'm going to talk to you uh, about how not to defend, how not to do something. And i got to tell you the truth. I've seen some kooky cases come in my door uh, in the last few weeks. I had some cases pulled from prior defense counsel, uh, one where there were multiple reopeners in a leg case over a period of years. And I'm like, how are you getting reopeners in something that should have been section 20 so, many lo so long ago? Another thing uh, we're seeing is this rise of reconstruction demands in New Jersey workers' comp case. So how do we deal with that? And I want to talk about what I think are the do's and the don'ts when you're uh, talking about wages. So I'm going to explain what is wage reconstruction. We're going to talk about the theory behind wage reconstruction. I'm going to talk about when are the times you have to do it or when it is actually appropriate to do wage reconstruction. I'm going to talk about when you should never agree to wage reconstruction and the times you should be pushing back against it. Um, I'm going to look at a case that came out two years ago, um, uh, the Target case, where really it's like a master class in how not to do it the right way. Um, and I'm going to answer any questions you have. So please understand this is completely and totally live. You're spending time with me. I want to spend time with you. I want to make this valuable for you and useful. So please feel free to reach out to me with any questions you have. It could be about wage reconstruction, or it could be about any other topic in New Jersey workers' compensation law, and I'll be happy to answer your questions. Uh, I will um, say your name, just so you know that I'm reading your question. I will then read the question. I'm only going to say your first name. I will read your question, and then I will give you my best answer on the fly as best I can. So please try to make your questions as complete as possible. You can type into the box, the question box. I will scan quickly at the end of the presentation. I'll answer as many questions as I possibly can. And again, all topics are open. So anything you want, it doesn't have to be about a wage issue. Um, I'll be happy to address it. So what is wage reconstruction? Um, which it's really, it's uh, allegedly in the statute. I get to, You get there by twisting section 37 of the Workers' Compensation Act. Uh, and there is case law that says reconstruction can work for or can be done for permanent partial disability. Now, wage reconstruction is the idea that the person who was employed in, and got injured at work um, didn't work a full week or was a part-time employee, and that is not going to fairly compensate them for a permanent residual disability. Now, to be very clear, we don't do wage reconstruction for temporary disability in New Jersey. We only should be talking about wage reconstruction in the context of permanent residual disability. And New Jersey only has two kinds, uh, a scheduled loss of use, that's a hand, finger, foot, toe, eye, ear, or what New Jersey calls permanent partial disability, which would be your low back, your psych cases, or all the other unenumerated body parts. So the statute is... Um, been twisted really to find that wage reconstruction can be done in a permanent partial disability case, and it should only be done in those types of cases. And in those cases, you're allowed to look at the uh, claimants or the injured workers' uh, actual work records 
They have to have worked less than a full work week, and then you can reconstruct up to a full 40-hour work week based on the idea that, hey, um, this person does have a wage earning capacity of a normal 40-hour work test. Now, there's case law on this that establishes, and this case law has been long-standing, that says we can reconstruct for permanent partial disability test. And there's a two-part test that the case law has established. The first part is, did the petitioner work fewer than the customary number of days in the ordinary week? And really what that means is, did they work less than a 40-hour work week? Um, be cautious. This is a time when you want to be careful and make sure, hey, um, you know, like, for example, Lois Law Firm doesn't have a 40-hour work week. We have a 35-hour work week at Lois Law Firm. So if the person's only working 35 hours, you should never reconstruct to a 40-hour work week if everyone else in the workplace is doing a 35-hour work week. So just make sure uh, that there is an understanding of what the really what the expectation is in that workplace. And again, you're looking at the individual employer, right? You're not going to look at every uh, employment at large, you're going to look at this employer and what's standard in their um, customary ordinary work week for that type of employer. And then the next thing they have to um, look at is, is there any impact on their future earnings, right? What is the impact and how big is it going to be? Well, I think there's a good argument that you can make that wage reconstruction should not be done in very small or very minor cases a case involving a 5% or less perhaps disability to an enumerated body part or in the context of the whole man impairment or whole body impairment, a permanent partial disability. Because there really is not going to be any impact on the person's overall for future earnings. So you should be pushing back and saying, hey, yeah, maybe in the statute this is allowed, maybe there is case law that says we should do it. But judge, there really is no impact on future earnings, so we shouldn't be making up a wage, right? Because that's really what wage reconstruction is. It's sort of pretending, hey, if this person was to work a full-time job, what would they be paid? And oftentimes when we're dealing with wage reconstruction, you're looking at people who on purpose are choosing not to have a full-time job because they have other obligations or just don't want to have a full-time job. So there is case law, and the, the, the leading case on this is called Katsouris, which says that the, you have to look at the person's overall circumstances, right? Um, is the person, for example, in a, in a part-time job because they're in school full-time or they've got uh, something else going on that they're volunteering somewhere else? Obviously, there's not going to be an impact on their full-time wages, and for that reason, wage reconstruction should not be done. Now, wage reconstruction is appropriate in certain cases. Um, again, where the employee is working less than full-time for that same industry and where the injury does diminish their future earning power. Again, that's up to the petitioner to demonstrate. So this isn't something you necessarily have to concede on. We've argued reconstruction cases and won in New Jersey. So just because the judge says, oh, I don't like this, uh, I think you should reconstruct, blah, 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 you go, hey, judge, but look, there's facts here and there's reasons and, and there is plenty of case law on, the, on this topic. So you know, this is something that you can push back on. Now, the funny thing in New Jersey is there are two cases, um, cases on uh, wage reconstruction, both involved newspaper delivery people. Um, in the uh, uh, the Torres case, uh, the petitioner was a newsboy, and he had a 15% uh, loss of use of his one hand while delivering a newspaper. And again, um, you know, reconstruction was particular to that employment and that, um, that 
that type of job and the impact on that individual employee, right? So you've got to look at these cases individually and, and you've got to think about, hey, is this one that we should push back on or not? And again, uh, this is going to require a little bit of understanding about the industry and a little bit of understanding about the employer to determine whether this is going to make a difference. It will always have a huge impact on the overall award because remember, the uh, maximum award in New Jersey is going to be based on 70% of the uh, state average weekly wage. And so be thoughtful. In New Jersey as a statute where as the uh, percentage of disability increases, there's a very large increase. Uh, it is not linear. It is not flat like some other states. Uh, as the percentage of disability increases, uh, the amount of compensation increases significantly. And again, that's going to be based on the average weekly wage. So be mindful of the type of impact this is going to have on your case, and that's when we should challenge it. Now, um, you should always challenge uh, a demand for wage reconstruction in cases involving temporary total disability, where the claimant's attorney is coming into court and saying, hey, judge, uh, this person worked 15 hours a week here, and uh, when they're receiving uh, their temporary total disability, they're only going to get $120 a week. Judge, this is unfair. They can't live on that. You say, I'm sorry, but there is no wage reconstruction for temporary total disability. It just doesn't exist, right? Um, there is a current minimum in place of $258 a week, so be thoughtful about that. Also, uh, you should challenge wage reconstruction anytime the petitioner can go and get full-time employment somewhere else. You know, so much of the New Jersey statute, because it is a whole man impairment state, the claimant does not have to demonstrate wage loss. Well, they do if they are asking for wage reconstruction in a permanent partial disability context. And for that reason, you should be pushing back and saying, Judge, there's look, they're working full-time, full-duty for somebody else. They're not due reconstruction in this case. That's the argument against it. Um, how can you fight that if they are not working somewhere else? Well, in significant cases, and I'm looking at cases with large exposures or perhaps death cases where reconstruction is an issue, consider using a labor market expert. It would be worth it to retain the expert and obtain a report, particularly in a death case uh, uh, or a, a significant case, um, so that you can push down or cram down the overall exposure value. Now, a little bit of fun, the what not to do case. Uh, that's our Calero versus Target case, which was uh, decided recently. Um, some of the basic facts. The difference between what the claimant alleged uh, for reconstruction and what they were actually earning was about $200 a week, right? It was settled in 2016 for 25% permanent partial disability, and the average weekly wage was uh, stipulated to be $276 a week, and that yields a pretty low permanent residual disability rate. Um, then they get a new attorney who says, wait a second, you should have been fighting for reconstruction. They filed a reopener just to seek wage reconstruction, which would have doubled the award. And the award would have gone from about $270 a week to about $460 a week based on uh, the reopener. Now, unfortunately, in this case, the defense offered no challenge to the proofs of the of the petitioner. And I don't know why they didn't. Why they didn't say, well, look, we do have many full-time, part-time people. Or, you know, they could have pushed back on this. And I'm not sure why they didn't. But the judge essentially said, all right, there was no proofs, there was no challenge, I'm going to just go ahead and give, grant petitioner what they want, which was an increase from about $276 a week to about $460 a week, um, and they're going to essentially double the award based on reconstruction. 
Um, now the defense uh, did file an appeal and said that trial was unfair. Unfortunately, the appellate division comes back and said, wait a second, you didn't offer any proofs. Um, you know, you could have showed some proofs like, did the petitioner work fewer than the customary number of days? Uh, or what is the impact on future earnings? Could, you could have at least gotten a labor market report, I mean, spend $1,000 to save a lot of money. Uh, and so the appellate division came back and said, sorry, um, that's no good. Uh, you're, you're done. Um, this person got a double award that was upheld. So that's really a masterclass in what not to do. You know, sometimes you read the case law and it's instructing you uh, exactly how to read the statute and what you should be doing for clients. And sometimes I'm reading it and saying, this is exactly what not to do uh, ever when you're representing a client. Um, there's an unrelated little piece of dicta in this decision, which essentially says that the um, Workers' Compensation Court can reopen cases simply for things like reconstruction. Um, to me, I don't think this should have been reopened under Section 27. Um, case is closed, the judge made the ruling, um, the issue is the uh, amount of the wage. Uh, if that was really an issue, that really should have been addressed in the original settlement. All right, uh, so that's just a little uh, talk about what was fun uh, on reconstruction and uh, what not to do. I'm gonna open up the uh, floor now, I'm gonna open up the question panel and hopefully I've got some good questions to answer. If you haven't typed your question in yet, please do it now because I love questions and it really does make this a lot more fun. Um, okay, Jim says, Greg, this doesn't make any sense to me. It does not make sense to me that a person with two jobs only gets benefits for the job injured. I've had a, I've had a claim where the injured worker only works part-time for the client. The injured worker will probably be perm total from the accident. That's terrible. I looked in New Jersey Handbook, page 213. Concurrent employments are not considered. There are no multipliers for days worked. Is this addressed somewhere in the New Jersey statutes? Thanks so much. All right, so great question, Jim. And, and really the question that you're coming up with is, hey, Greg, concurrent employment, this person earned significantly more because they had two jobs. When it comes time for permanency, right, and you're saying this person might be perm total, yes, Jim, I would expect them to argue for reconstruction. And if they are truly perm total, that means they cannot do any work anywhere. They're unfit for any kind of duty, even sedentary work. If that is the determination, then yes, the Workers' Compensation Court in New Jersey will likely look at both the earnings from the job that injured them and the earnings from the concurrent employment uh, that did not injure them, add them together and come up with the gross wage. That's probably what the workers' compensation law judge is gonna do. That is what the case law seems to instruct in New Jersey is appropriate. Now, defending that from your perspective, obviously you're hoping this case does not go to a perm total. Your goal would be to get it to be something less than a perm total, and then try to demonstrate some labor market uh, ability. Also remember, it is the petitioner's burden, not our burden, to bring reconstruction to the court. So that's not an issue that you would want your defense counsel raising or um, you know, talking about. You'd really wanna leave that to petitioner's counsel. Now, unfortunately, the dicta in the Calera versus Target decision says that essentially under rule four colon five of the appellate practice manual, that the appellate division does have the authority to look at cases where a reconstruction issue is not been dealt with appropriately by the trial court. So unfortunately, if um, they do not bring this issue forward and an ultimate award is made uh, without um, doing wage reconstruction based on the concurrent employment, you may be looking at a likely appellate 
reversal of that trial court decision. So just be thoughtful about that. That's how that could work out. All right. Um, I don't see any other questions. That was a good question. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Uh, if anybody else has any other questions on this topic, which is kind of a fun topic, please feel free to reach out to me, email or phone. I'm always happy to answer any questions about New Jersey workers' comp law. I uh, hope everybody has a great week and a great summer, and I'll see you in a couple weeks.